1: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of
2: Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I want to thank you for joining us in this off-season talk for the Buffalo Bills. We're going to discuss anything and everything having to do with one of the most divisive topics amongst Bills fans this season and going into 2020, the Bills offense, and in particular, offensive coordinator Brian Dable. We will discuss his history, where he came from, how his teams have performed in the past, and things we hope to see from him in the future. We discuss it together and get some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. And also, stay tuned after our discussion to see who the winner is for our new signed football giveaway. All right, let's go into the curious case of Brian Dable. So I kind of got the idea for this podcast or this episode uh, from from just my thoughts on Brian Dable. I think he's one of the most divisive offseason topics for the Buffalo Bills. When he was up for a head coaching position, like I mentioned earlier, with the Cleveland Browns, there was a divided opinion. There was, you know, this is a good thing. This is a bad thing. I'm not really sure. I posted a, t- uh, a poll on Twitter I'm going to go over later where I asked this question and it was very divided. It was one of the most divided Twitter polls I've ever done had over um over 1,100 votes and I mean it was almost split down the middle so we're going to talk about our general thoughts on Brian Dable as an offensive coordinator as a coach Um, you know I guess I guess on one hand the Bills offense was not the reason the Bills were 10 and 6 this season you had a second year quarterback in Josh Allen that is learning a lot right now A newly put together offensive line with with nine new starters this season so I mean there's a lot of things but at the same time you have to wonder, you know, are the Bills getting all they can out of Brian Dable? So, um, you know, in talking with Mike and John, they have thoughts on, you know, Brian Dable, you know, things that they like, things that they don't like. So I'll go with you, John, first. What what are your thoughts on Brian Dable as an offensive coordinator, as a coach for the Buffalo Bills, especially this past season?
3: Well, I think it's good to keep him on for consistency. I mean, both the offense and Josh Allen have improved. So, I mean, I don't think there's a reason to unless you think there's like this upgrade right that they, that they should get but obviously that's not happening so why not stay with it and keep improving in that way right
2: so you like continuity what's one thing that you didn't like about brian dable
3: not enough double reverse sleeve flickers
2: <laughs> yeah only one that i can remember maybe two maybe two <laughs> So you like the creativity, too, but that's just another positive. You like the creativity. You, you want to keep the continuity between Josh Allen and Brian Dable, which Josh Allen has mentioned that he does love Brian Dable, as I imagine you should as a quarterback, especially a second-year quarterback where he's been your offensive coordinator for two seasons in a row. I'm sure he's learned a lot from him. I'm sure he has a very good relationship with him on and off the field. So, um, Mike, what do you think? What are your thoughts on... Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Some things that you liked and some things that you think he can uh, improve on.
1: I agree 100% with John. We need the consistency, right? There's been too much turnover. And I think a piece that goes maybe a little bit under the radar is we're big on Brandon Bean. We're big on the coaching. Right? Like we trust McDermott, trust the process, trust the process. They're they're the guys that see his work product day in, day out, see his dedication. And if they're happy, I don't think it's really our place to... Uh, Maybe question isn't the right word, but um, we don't see a tenth of of what they can see. And if they're happy, I I think he's certainly deserved more time. Um, Your second point, like what I like, I think throughout his career, he's shown an ability to play to his star strength. Um, When he was the Jets quarterback coach, right? we we always were fans of Brett Favre, the gunslinger. Um, When he was the Jets quarterback coach and Favre played for the Jets, he had his second-highest completion percentage of his career. After MVP seasons in Green Bay, it took him to the Jets and Brian Dable to have that kind of success. Then um, when when Dable was with the Dolphins, he had Reggie Bush running for 1,000 yards. He had Brandon Marshall having 1,000 yards receiving, right, when he was with Kansas City, Jamal Charles eclipsed 1,500 yards. It was just everywhere he's he's been, he's had success. Um, the stars under him have, he, he knows how to play to people's strengths. Um, with the Bills, right? It was, it was all about the running game. Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, and with Josh Allen. Again, plays to strengths. Allen, I think he led the the whole league in carries, right? Um, so that that's what I like. I like the consistency, and I think he certainly deserved another year. And to John's point, who else is is there an all-star coordinator that you'd replace him with? Like, no.
2: Yeah, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm all for, I guess I say this in in what I'm about to say is that um, there's some things I'm critical of Brian Dable and um, things. I I don't necessarily think that they're definitely not going to get rid of him. Obviously they would have done that already if they were going to, but there are things I think he can really improve on still. So one of the things I like is the progress of Josh Allen, I think you guys kind of both alluded to it, whereas, you know, he's seen definite improvements in certain parts of his game between year one and year two. Um, I think he's narrowed down some of the um, some of the not so great plays that Josh can do. But at the same time, you know, there are some things that I wish he was better at. In particular, some of one of the things is game planning for opponents. Um, Sometimes it appears that his primary game plan is the opposite of what he should be doing. I mean, for example, the Browns this season—I mentioned it in the in the post game recap—was you know the Browns are thirtieth ranked against the run, and your primary game plan, as simple as it may be, should be to run the ball. Plus, the strength of your offense isn't running the ball; it isn't passing the ball. And if that, if you know if and if running the ball doesn't work, then I get it. Then you try to pass the ball, but he seems too easy to rely on passing with such a raw quarterback like Allen. And even in close games, as opposed to running the ball, I mean, there are games where he just passes like crazy. I mean, think about the Houston Texans game in the playoffs where, you know, it's basically, you know, uh, I mean, no point of the game were they out of that. They were, were they out of it statistically or, or, or points wise yet he threw yet. They, you know, called 46 pass plays and they only had a running back uh, run play called 21 times. I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm really curious as to why he would do that to Josh Allen, put him in that position to do that. I mean, the the Texans aren't a great run team, and I feel like they just abandoned it way too early or way too easily. I mean, there were questionable game calling. Mike, you mentioned how in overtime, you know, a couple of weeks ago that they were playing like it was the two minute warning still, instead of saying, "Hey, like this is you have as much time as you need." Because there is no end of overtime because this game is going to be a tie. So you you have as much time as you need. And, you know, there are other there are other things that bother me about his offense. You know, there is no screen game. The screen game doesn't exist for the Buffalo Bills. And Bruce Nolan brought it up on the, on the Nick and Nolan podcast. They're usually really great at the screen game because you practice it a lot or you're not good at it at all because you don't practice it. So clearly the Bills don't practice the screen game at all. And I'm fine with that, except... But then you look at it and you're like, well, what are you actually good at? <laughs> like, what is what is the Bills offense really good at? And I guess I'm I'm not sure I can point to a, a type of offensive plan or, or anything that really works or not with his offense. I mean, what is, what is the Bills offense really good at? I guess I'm not really sure. And, you know, he just doesn't seem to get, you know, I mean, speaking of screen game, I mean, the Bills don't pass the ball a lot to their running backs. I mean, that's something that the Patriots do really well. They used to the strength of Tom Brady and you know Brian Dable coming from the Patriots offensive system. I would have thought he would use his tight ends more, maybe use his the middle of the field more, use Cole Beasley more as under for the underneath routes. I I thought he would use um, the running backs uh, just out of the backfield catching wheel routes, just catching slants, you know, just being out there receiving the ball more, especially with such a you know such a playmaker like Devin Singletary, and they don't use a lot of action you know play action before they don't use play action at all i feel like they never use play action pass in their offense to to set up the using run to set up the pass and then use play action i mean these are just you know what about what about simple things like i'm and i'm no offensive coordinator or you know i'm not a big x's nose guy but i mean i feel like they rarely use a draw play or simple trap play something like that like those those very simple concepts i feel like evade this offense and brian dable so, I mean, even with an upgraded offensive line and, and, and playmakers, I feel like they didn't take a huge step forward this season. So, do you guys disagree with anything I just said, or you feel like I'm, I'm hitting some of those on the head?
3: There, there, there's a lot to unpack there. You said a lot of things. <laughs> um, one thing you mentioned, you know, you aren't sure one thing that they're very good at. One thing that they're good at, I think, might be misdirection, Um they've that. Jet we plate that they can run with either the running back, the quarterback, the receiver. They have the, the option, um, but they can, you know, run it with the running back, the quarterback, or he can pass it. I mean, they, they, they run a lot of motion. I think those are some of the things that they are good at, and um, and I do think they've improved since last year. Some of that might be personnel. I'm not sure. What do you, what do you think, Mike?
1: I agree that there's room for improvement. I'm I'm happy with the progress. Some of the stuff, when you brought up the, the game against the Texans, that was enraging. I agree. I, I had forgotten that, how they ran it like it was the end of the game, but they really had all the time in the world. Like, yes, that does make me want to smash my head into the wall. So some things do continue to confound me, but – and you brought up good points. I can't, I guess, dispute any of it.
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying that he can't improve on these. I just – I just, you know. They're, they're, they seem. Some of these seem like simple ideas. Like you were mentioning, John, the jet action sweep, and that reminded me of the games that we're watching today, the AFC NFC Championship. Obviously, you're talking about four of the best teams in the NFL, but I'm looking at the plays that they're running. Whether even even in the Titans Chiefs game, I mean, both teams are running plays, especially the Chiefs, I should say. We're like the guy, just the motion out of the backfield, or the play in the, which it's designed like there's a guy automatically open and sure it's only for four yards and it might only he might only get a few yards after the catch but like this the guy's open the guy's open as soon as the ball snapped I mean you just don't see that happen in a Bills offense where the ball snapped and you know Allen's rolling out to his right and there's a target right for him or there's a there's a primary a secondary tertiary target you know there's one close one middle one downfield I feel like the Bills don't even roll out as good as Allen is they don't roll out use rollouts. I'm just adding another thing that I don't see a ton to the Bills offense. I mean, he's athletic. You don't have to just do QB designed runs. I mean, roll him out and have him chuck the ball down the field to some guys that would be open, you know, in the short intermediate and and long. Anyway, um so so I wanted to go over some of just real quick for people that don't know Brian Dable's history as a coach. So, he was he attended St. Francis High School in Athol Springs, New York. Um, he was a letterman in football. He attended University of Rochester and was a letterman and two year starter there in football. And then he basically he never played in the NFL. He was never a player or anything like that um, in D one. But he went to the College of William and Mary in 1997 as a restrictives earning coach, and that's where he met um, Sean McDermott there. As uh, and Sean McDermott was a graduate assistant at the time, and that's kind of how they developed a relationship there. This is no restrictives. Restrictive earnings coach sound kind of weird.
3: Didn't Steve Tasker go to William and Mary? I think so. Um, what that coach too. Do?
2: I don't know. I don't know. It's just, that's just, it was his title. It sounds like, it sounds like it's like a minimum wage, like coach. Like we can't pay you more. <laughs> so, you know, so we'll just, we'll pay you just enough for you to be. It's like maybe the most basic of coaches. I don't know. Film study. I have no idea. But then he went from William and Mary to Michigan State as a grad assistant. From 1998 to 1999, he then went on to New England, the New England Patriots. He was a defensive coaching assistant from 2000 to 2001. He then became the New England Patriots wide receivers coach from 2002 to 2006. Mike alluded to this earlier. He was a New York Jets quarterbacks coach from 2007 to 2008. He then went to become the Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator. It was his first OC job from 2009 to 2010. He was a Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator for 2011. Then he jumped over to the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2012. He then went from there over to the New England Patriots in 2013 as an offensive assistant. He then became the New England Patriots tight ends coach from 2014 to 2016. And then he left there to become um, Alabama's co offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2017 for their national championship run. And now he is the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. He is. For the third season, this is as his longest tenure as an offensive coordinator anywhere in the NFL. Um, you know, I mean, he, he has a lot of winning, and he, to give him credit, he has a ton of winning experience as as a coach. Um, he won a national championship, like I mentioned earlier, with Alabama in 2017. He coached in New England for 11 seasons and won five Super Bowl titles as an assistant there. So the guy's won a lot in his career. Now, mind you, like some of those might be, you know, not necessarily as head coach or even offensive coordinator in a lot of those roles, but he was still part of those very successful teams.
3: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
2: to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price Priceline. so i want to go over some of the bill's offensive stats and rankings as it was this year um and i want you guys to kind of give me an idea of what you think so i'm gonna actually i'm gonna quiz both you and both you uh john and mike for these rankings because you know some of these you might have an idea of i mean we do stats of the game after every game during the season and here's basically a stats of the season an overall summary but I'm I don't want you to give me the exact number of passing yards but um let's start off offensively obviously um as far as the Bills ranking offensively I mean what is what do you think their rank is in points points four within the NFL so they're they're ranking offensively in points 4 in the NFL compared to the other 32 the other 31 teams Mike, why don't you go first this time? It's points four. Yeah, offensively. Twenty
3: two. John, that's funny, that's funny because that's the exact number that I was going to pick. <laughs> um,
2: think they're better or worse than that?
3: I, I guess I'll say twenty one.
2: No, oh, it's twenty three. Twenty three. Mike wins. Mike wins that one. So, so obviously, I think I think we would all agree that points four is the most important statistic offensively. I would say the more points you score, obviously the better, the better your chances are of winning. Um, yardage wise though, I mean, I'd say offense, at least yardage wise, you could say, well, the Bills were doing really well yardage wise. They just didn't convert into touchdowns or points, right? So where do you think the Bills ranked offensively in yardage? I'll start off with Mike on
1: this one because he won the last one. This is America, man. Why are you punishing success?
2: Because this is,
1: it should, it should go. We always go back to the other person. John should go first for alternating
2: oh that's right yeah okay all right John John goes first i'm, I'm okay with alternating
3: so those gotta be better than 23rd based on what you said
1: <laughs> maybe 14 good one guess i gotta go 15.
2: that's 24. <laughs> oh. yeah i led you guys <laughs> way off on didn't that you just
3: didn't you just say that they were better yardage wise than points wise i
2: said they could be better yardage wise and <laughs> point wise oh. and still not
1: a you know so, yeah. Gotta listen carefully, John. No, <laughs> yeah. well, I totally, I took it too. Yeah. So,
2: so the Bills, you know, 23-24 and points four in yardage, not good. Bottom half of the
1: league, obviously. Um, that is surprising, though. I thought they just a lot of times got hurt in the red zone and, and failed to, like, finish drives and punch it in. I agree.
2: I agree. I mean. Uh, that's that's kind of what my opinion was that's why it's this is why it's a good exercise because once you go through this you'll kind of have an idea of where the offense sits as a whole compared to the rest of the nfl and the good thing about that is it'll help with free agency in the draft and realizing where the bills really need to more or less improve in right as a team as a coaching staff as as an organization so all right let's go into passing yardage in the league where do you think the bills rank in passing yardage So I'll start with Mike on this one, because we just did John. You can talk it out, too. You think it's good? You think it's bad? Oh,
1: I think it's terrible. Um, (laughs) But it's not so much a a function of trying to get the exact number. Now I just have to worry about picking something where forcing John to make the decision to go one way or the other.
2: So if you pick the exact right number, then you'll really give him a tough decision.
3: Like the first time, you picked the number that I would have picked. Right, but I got lucky that you went the other way,
1: right? I mean... So I have a number, but talking it out doesn't benefit. I might as well keep all oh, my yeah. thoughts internally. Yeah, keep all your thoughts. Assist you at all? Like that's <laughs> passing yardage. I'll say twenty-six. It's not the number I want to say, mind you. John, you going over or under? But given this, the rules I'm, of
3: Nate's. I'm trying to think what Mike wants me to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, this isn't that difficult, guys. <laughs> it's just
3: I go forty-seven. Damn, that was <laughs> what I wanted. <laughs>
2: so, actually, um, the answer, Mike got it right, 100%. Yes. 26. 26 wow. In passing yeah. yardage compared to the rest of the NFL.
3: I can agree with Mike if I wanted to, right? Like, I could pick the same number. No. Week no. no. Uh-huh. No, you have this, to pick it
2: this is America. <laughs> <laughs> Too, you can't cooperate. You can't cooperate together. Collusion. So I guess passing. So let's go into uh so I will say though, you know, the problem with, you know, holistic stats or, you know, like points four is one thing, right? Because then if you were to break that down like game by game, it's like points per game. It's the same, right? If you're, you know, ranked uh what did we have? Uh 23rd in points four, then you're also gonna be ranked twenty-third in points per game, right? <laughs> like there's no there's no unit or density value. Like that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't change, but what I will say is when you talk about total yardage, now that does change, you know, from a from a standpoint. Because let's say your team only passed the ball the entire season, you never ran the ball once. You should be number one in yardage, but you also will have the most attempts of any other team in the NFL too. So if you have ten thousand yards passing, is that really a barometer of how good your passing game is as a whole? Right. So the Bills could have like the least amount of attempts. In the NFL, but if you'd say if they had the least amount of attempts, but they were twenty-six in passing, like that's pretty good, right? <laughs> like that's that's still saying you're you know, so so there's also like a per unit or density value that I think is more important. In this instance, in passing, it's net yards gained per pass attempt, which is basically passes passes attempted. Um or anyway, it takes it takes account into sacks, right? So basically your yards per attempt. By taking, but also taking, because if you're, you know, it's basically how good are you on a pass by pass basis? Because we can't say how good you are overall holistically as the twenty sixth best, you know, team in the NFL when it comes to passing yards. How good are you on a pass by pass basis? So let's let's do a guess. How how well do you think the Bills are on a pass by pass basis in the NFL? Like a ranking from one to thirty two, just like we did before. Do you think they're better? then they're 26th ranking in yardage or do you think they're worse? But give me a number too.
3: I'm thoroughly confused. I'll give you
2: I'll give you the even the net yards per attempt. The Bills have 5.2 net yards per attempt this season. So that means every time they're dropping back, they're getting 5.2 yards per passing attempt. But this also takes into account, you know, sacks, which Allen has taken a few. So yards per attempt, just look at it that uh, way.
3: I'm going to say that they rank the same.
2: Ooh, 26th. Ooh, nice. Mike, what do you think? This is a good, that's a good answer, John, because Mike doesn't know if they're better or worse. They could be fifth or they could be 32nd.
1: This is the first time I'm hearing of this metric. So it's interesting. It's called yards per attempt. Because if attempt. you did,
2: if you did yards per completion, it's,
1: it's interesting that they take the sacks into account. That's an interesting wrinkle. Yeah. 5.2. I, I, I thought that was surprisingly good. Okay. But but you're but you're ex- obviously excluding incomplete passes.
2: No, no, that that is per attempt. That takes into account incomplete passes. Whereas if you just did yards per wow, completion, that seems very
1: high. Yeah. If you see so if, every incomplete pass is going in there is a zero. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And the Bills did not have many long passes. And
2: every sack goes as negative yardage. <laughs> so you're t- adding all those zeros and all those negatives together, and all the positives, obviously. So, I mean, that's why that's yards a,
1: per... 5.2 is, pre, is pretty, I mean, pretty respectable, I would think, you know. Yeah. If, if you look at the numbers and it's first and 10, and you get 5.2 per pass, attempt, that, I think they would have got more first downs. <laughs> that's obvious.
2: That's obviously Brian Dable's ap- approach. That's why he passed 46 times. He's like, dude, 5.2 yards per attempt, 46 times. We're going to give like 800
1: yards tonight. John said 26? Yep. I guess they... Relative to running, I feel that they do pass relatively infrequent. Um, and even excluding the presence of a deep passing game, I, I think the Bills maybe did better. So I guess I've got to say 25. Yep, they were 21st
2: in net yards per attempt. And they, they were 24th in attempts in general. So, um, you know, bottom half of the league when it comes to even passing attempts, right? Even though you think about it, you're like, oh, you know, hey, wait a minute. I thought they were, uh, I thought they always uh, pass the ball. In some games they do, but obviously as a whole, they don't. Or do they? Because I have another stat for you. So let's talk about rushing yardage. This will be the last stats that, last few stats I ask about um, in general. So rushing yardage wise, where do we think the Bills are, are ranked in rushing yards this season? So I started with John last time. Top 32, where do you think they rank, Mike? Rushing yards. you got to figure it better than passing, right? Or do you? <laughs> I too. See, this is why this is a good exercise. Because you, all three of us, talk about the Bills every single game. We always go over stats of the game. But when you look at it holistically as a, as an entire team total at the end of the season, it's not completely obvious who is, what they're good at, what they're bad at, where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are. I mean, you think you have an idea, but... Um, this is why this is a good exercise. So I'm glad this isn't completely easy and you guys aren't getting every
1: single one of them right. So continue. Well, I, I think I am getting everyone right. No offense to John.
3: Well, we're all within one of each other, right?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, my scoreboard says four to zero. So you better hope there's at least four more questions. There's <laughs> like there's like two. So <laughs>
2: um, Mike is basically the 49ers tonight and John is Green Bay. <laughs>
1: I I guess I'll go sixth. Ooh, look at that. Nice. Just trying to make John make the decision.
3: Seven. Yeah. 6.1. All right, go.
2: <laughs> oh, the the number is eight. The, boom. Boom. John's mounting that comeback. That'll never happen. <laughs> so the, <laughs> eighth, in, eighth in total yards, total rushing yards this season, which is pretty darn good. If you think about it, obviously the strength, of the Bills' offense is, is rushing the ball, right? Running the ball, if you look at total yards compared to the rest of the league, they're doing great at. Now, I won't go into touchdowns because the Bills were ranked pretty bad in passing touchdowns at 24th, but in rushing touchdowns, they were only ranked 18th. Again, having <laughs> both those values have issues are uh, are uh, factors in them having such a poor points for and total scoring points this season. But
1: I mean, imagine how drastic. Different than would
2: be without Josh Allen. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I am going to go into that. So, um, last rank or last ranking I'm going to ask about is yards per attempt. So yards per carry, rushing the ball. Where do you think? Because I mentioned you know net yards per attempt being like a like a unitary measure of density. Like how good are you on every attempt compared to the rest of the league? I think that's a good value for saying you know every because att- some because some teams. Rush, the Bills had the sixth most attempts in the NFL and the eighth most in yardage. But how good, how effective are they? In every single rush, are they getting? They could have the, the the most rush attempts, but be running the ball at two yards per carry, and still have more rushing yardage than everyone else, right? So, where do the bank, where do the Bills rank in yards per carry? This is a John first
1: four. I like it, but. I think the Frank Gore carries weigh you down. That's I, why I got to go five.
2: But then again, do the Josh Allen runs? You know, build it up, right?
1: No, gonna, no, no question,
2: no question. So the answer is that is basically very middle of the pack. It's 14. So the Bills are much better on a rushing uh, per play. You know, yards per carry, yards per attempt, rushing the ball at 14th in the league, and they're 21st in net yards per attempt passing. So both either at around the league average or below average when it comes down to it. Now, to say that that's Brian Dable's fault, I don't think that's really fair, but let's look into a couple of things. So one thing that that I'm so glad you mentioned that, Mike, is Josh Allen. And in rushing yardage, Josh Allen truly inflates those stats, as he did last single season.
3: Terry, right? Single a very high yards per carry for, for uh, rushers this year, right?
2: Yes. Yes, he did. I don't have that right now, but um, hold on a minute. After, after, just let me talk, John. Jeez, I'm talking about Josh Allen right now. <laughs> Josh Allen truly inflates like these stats um, as he did last season. So, let's say you were to give Brian Dable, John McDermott, the Bills' coaching staff in general a normal quarterback, right? So, give him the median amount of attempts of all the, of all the uh, NFL quarterbacks, give him the median amount of rushing yardage. So, like, for example, um, Josh Allen had 510 rushing yards this season, which ranked third in all quarterbacks, right? And he was also second in all QB rushing attempts with 109. So he's third ranked in rushing yards, second in rushing attempts. But let's say you give him, you know, just the median amount of rushing yards, so the 16th best out of 32 quarterbacks rushing yards, that's 183 yards instead of 510. And let's say you give them the median amount of rushing attempts at 43 instead of 109. So if you take that into account, I did all the math behind the scenes, but basically makes them what was a team that was 8th in rushing yards. If you sub him in with an average quarterback, they now become 17th in rushing yards total. And if you give him the rushing attempt of a median quarterback instead of 109, rushing attempts. He has 43. Then all of a sudden it makes them last in the league in rushing attempts instead of six. So Josh Allen is pumping up their, their rushing yardage from a top 10 to, you know, below, below middle of the pack. And then attempts wise, they go, (laughs) he has that many attempts that they would be last in the league in rushing attempts. Isn't that crazy? But I mean, you, so I guess my point is, so the bills are actually, you know, Ranked uh pretty low in some of those st- stats offensively. If you look at his tenure in as an offensive coordinator in the league, with Cleveland, Miami, Kansas City, and Buffalo now, I mean he just hasn't had a season where he ranked even in the top twenty. He was only in the top twenty once in points, and then the rest have been in the twenties and thirties, mostly in the bottom half. I mean, just to give you a quick, you know, ranking. I mean his his you know, points offensively from Cleveland all the way down to Buffalo has been 29, 31, 20, 32, 30, 30 last season, now 23 this season. And
3: but all of these teams are like one or two years at a time, and that's not his fault. The head coach gets fired, and then his whole staff has to leave because the new coach wants his own guys.
2: Or maybe those head coaches are getting fired because his offense isn't doing well enough. I mean, I'm just I'm just posing the question out there. I, I, guess, I guess what you know, we're talking about points and yardage. By the way, the yardage isn't much, much better. Total yardage wise going from Cleveland to now is 32, 29, 22, 24, 30, 24. I mean, those are, those are back half of the league and really at the bottom 10. So I guess, I guess my point in all of this is not that he can't do it, not that continuity isn't good. Maybe that's what Brian Dable needs to actually get his offensive play calling career off the ground, but my point I guess would be is that he hasn't done it yet. So we don't know if he can. If you want it to be a top 10, I mean even geez, I take a top 15 offense at this point. You know, if you want that, this just isn't something he's done before.
3: Well, there must be something there if the Browns are interviewing Fred coach and the Giants are wanting to request an interview for offensive coordinator.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there must be something there. You're right. I mean, and and I'm not trying to, you know, say the guy is is worthless. I think he's I think there is something to be, something to be said I for him. It, I mean,
1: it's excluding, right? His Alabama national championships.
2: Yeah, but that's Alabama, right? You know, Alabama's winning a national championship every other year, right?
1: <laughs> it's like you don't give him credit when he when he does. Like, say he's under a great head coach, Nick Saban, right? Like he's not getting, like, oh, it's all Nick Saban. It's not Brian Dable. But then it is a crappy situation. Like, oh, it's uh, it's his fault. It just seems like.
2: Well, there haven't there haven't been enough good situations for me to say. That he's done, yeah, he won a national championship in college with Nick Saban as the head coach. What all
3: the Super Bowls?
2: I mean, he did great as an offensive assistant. I mean, he did great as the wide receivers coach and the tight ends coach. And yeah, he just hasn't proven himself as an offensive coordinator yet. And like you said, there there's reasons why. I mean, Cleveland, the quarterbacks then weren't that good, (laughs) you know, in 2009, 2010. You know, we're talking about Brady Quinn in 2009. Not ideal, you know. In 2010, you're talking about Colt McCoy. So, and Jake Delhomme, home, you know, like you're, you're splitting time and then Seneca Wallace. Like, you know, th- these aren't the best quarterbacks you're playing with, obviously. You're just asking him to do something he hasn't done yet. Not that he can't, he just hasn't. So, yeah, I mean, there's some positive things he's done as an assistant or a quarterback's coach or whatever. And offensive coordinator in a college team, in one of the best college teams in NFL or in NCAA history.
1: Like, what more do you want?
2: I want him to have a good offense. I want him I want him to be the, the Kyle Shanahan. Sucks. I want him to be the Kyle Shanahan of of offensive coordinators. For our team though. Sean McVay, whatever you want. I, I don't necessarily need the best guy, but I just need somebody who ranks in the top fifteen. That's all. And some of these stats that matter. Yards per temp, he was above he was in the top ten of the league once in Kansas City. And I believe that was a season that you mentioned, Mike, yards per carry. And that was because his running back was Jamal Charles. He had a great running back. So give him credit for that. So, yeah.
3: I feel like yards per carry is a little overrated.
2: Yeah, it's not. It's not a perfect. None of these statistics are perfect. I will say that. And this just gives you an idea of roughly where they rank, you know, as compared to other teams. So you want to hear something. I
1: think, too, like doesn't doesn't game recognize game a little bit. Right. Like Belichick wants him. And how did he won five Super Bowls with the Patriots? Like Nick Saban, the the best college coach ever, wants him to, to, to be the offensive coordinator for his national championship powerhouse. Like it's at some point, like their opinions have to count for more than statistics. What people are saying on Twitter. Yeah, and
2: it has. It's landed him in offensive coordinator position and at several other interviews, you know, with, well, one interview for a head coaching position, but a possible other, you know, offensive coordinator position that was stonewalled. So. But you don't know if he, he
1: wanted it. It was just some other team said, hey, can we interview him?
2: Yeah, which is a good sign for him. I agree with that. There's something to be said for other teams wanting him and liking him. It's just, let's see it. Let's see it now. This is the third season. Do you think. That after this season the Bills will make a decision depending on on how well the offense does. I mean show it's, me.
1: it's not him in a vacuum, right? It's a lot of the the, the personnel that you get. Yeah. I don't know if they have the offensive personnel. Well, like we'll see what they do in the offseason in the draft.
2: Well, one of the things that was most frust- frustrating for me this past weekend was watching the Titans go into the AFC Championship. And if you look at them from a ranking perspective, I mean they're very close to the Bills in in st- offensive statistical categories. I mean the Bills are um 20, 24th or I'm sorry 26th in passing yardage. The Titans are 21st in passing yardage. The Titans are 3rd in rushing yardage. The Bills, like I mentioned, were 8th in rushing yardage, so pretty close within a few notches of each other. The difference was the Bills were 23rd in points and the Titans were Tenth. <laughs> so they were just more effective with their offenses and defensively, like the, the like uh, we will go into defenses another time, but uh, defensively, the, the Titans were worse than the Bills in a lot of categories. Some of they were really good at some, they were very poor at. So, I mean, everyone talks about the, the Titans defense and, you know, the Titans cornerback, Logan Ryan basically said that they used the Bills defensive game plan against the Ravens a couple of weeks ago and they use the same they were just able to score more points and I'm like, "Yep, you're just able to score more points that we aren't able to score." So anyway, that's why I call it a curious case for Brian Dable because I don't know uh, necessarily how to feel about him. I just we're we're just we're just hoping he's doing something that he hasn't done before, right? It's just like but in a similar way, Josh Allen is doing something that he hasn't done before. He's become, you know, a quarterback that's become more accurate, that's learned some tendencies that a lot of people didn't think he could do. And he's had he had a really good second season in, you know, compared to his first season. So you just got to hope that you get to that level of offense next season in the top 20s, I would say, at least on, on a lot of those categories that we talked about.
3: I think the other tricky thing, as far as statistics are concerned, especially for the NFL on a yearly basis, there's only 16 games, which really isn't that big of a sample size. You compare that to like baseball or the NHL, it's like you extrapolate that out it's like okay maybe you can get a a better feel but like in the nfl it's like it's only 16 games and then the next year there's like roster turnover and and this and that like it it's really hard to predict it's just like fantasy football right like you can't predict the fantasy defense year to year because it's completely different and even even week to week it it, that can be difficult
2: yeah i think that even these rankings, I mean, the, each team each team isn't playing the other team once, right? So it's not like it's a full... If you're ranked 15th, it's like, well, you might have played the easiest schedule ever. So ranking 15th against the easiest schedule isn't the same as ranking 15th against the hardest schedule, right? So it's all relative, for sure. This is just general general rankings as opposed to how they finish at the end of the season, which at the end of the season, luckily, is the biggest sample size that we have. So we have a really good idea... The best idea that we can have of, of where they truly stand offensively and defensively. So, real quick, I'm going to do I'm going to talk about this uh, this Twitter poll that I mentioned earlier. They had uh, over 1,100 votes, and it mentioned if Brian Dable is lost to a head coaching gig after the season, you will be a upset that he's gone or b happy that he's moved on. So, if you guys had to take a guess, last quiz of the day, would you guess that people would were voted more in favor of upset that he's gone or happy that he's moved on?
1: Not to be difficult. Are you looking for a percent like oh no 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 which which one did which one did the
2: majority of people
1: vote for? Okay. And I, I think it's not an irrelevant detail of when you posted the account, right? Because I think following a loss, people are looking for a scapegoat. Nobody point. really stood out. There were a couple of things that were raw about that game with the offense. Yep. Like maybe I, I think if you posted a week later it, it might be a lot Yeah. Difference.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right. That plays. This was December 31st, so
1: this was before the Texans game. And I mean, I personally like right after that game, like, like how how did he this the clock? That's unforgivable. It sucks. Now I'm like, wow, I changed my tune when I hear his history a little bit more. Um, I think, man, the masses are fickle when you talk about Twitter, but hopefully, cooler heads would prevail and more people would want him to stick around another year and
3: see see it out. No, Twitter's Twitter's saying get rid of them.
1: John is right.
2: Happy, happy he's moved on. One John runs the account. <laughs> yeah. John he's happy he's moved on. 52.8%. So just barely though. But like I mentioned, such a divisive topic for Brian Dable. So I'm gonna read some of the comments that have happened over some some really interesting one. Sean J. Thiel writes fifty-two point eight percent are idiots. <laughs> Uh, Dave Thorpe writes, uh, Forgot to clarify in a happy, I'll, I'm happy for him or good riddance, kind of moved on. I have no feelings, I have no ill feelings if he's moved on. Wish him well. He's been part of the frustration at times this season, but also one of the cogs in the wheel to the playoffs. A lot depends on who we get to replace him. Circle the Wagons writes, For Josh's development, it's better for him to be back in Buffalo next year, in my opinion. Tom Pickles writes, Fine either way. Middle school football coach wrote, Where's the eh? button mega weapon rights assisting coaches moving on to head coaching gigs helped helps to recruit top talent i'm all for it interesting bill mccurd writes um you can't be happy with uncertainty and staff turnover that's why i think buffalo never makes significant changes over time because we keep clearing the table and starting again so we stagnate and stay average we can't lose Dable if we want to continue to grow that's an interesting um, topic. We talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. Um, I agree with that, as long as it's the right guy. If it's not the right guy, then you just wasted the past three seasons <laughs> or two seasons if you fired in the first season or the second season or whatever. Anthony Giordano writes, how can anyone honestly say that Dable is good? Our offense is bottom third in the league by every objective measure and ranked behind units like Carolina and Jacksonville, which were led by un- uh, undrafted free agent quarterbacks. We can do better and should expect better. And then he goes into a whole thing with David Kraft. David Kraft writes, it's undeniable that Josh Allen is better this year than last. How much of his progress should be attributed to Dable? I think it's reasonable that to think that Josh Allen's progress could be stunted by a change in offensive coordinator going into his third year. And that's another thing, Josh Allen's progress. Do you give Brian Dable credit for Josh Allen's pro- progress? Or would he have more progress without John Brian Dable or less progress without Brian Dable? Is his progress due to the fact that he's just that much of a hard worker that he has that much talent that's untapped or is it the fact that Brian Dable really brings out the best in Josh Allen Lord Pagula writes I would be happy he's gone he's not awful enough to be fired but definitely not good enough to be long-term solution let's roll the dice to get better Patrick Gerald writes this was hard to vote on one hand I'm happy for the guy on the other hand I'm selfish and I want the team and coaches to stay intact as much as possible John Beals writes honestly I would be happy for him this regime is all about people moving up Plus, I think we're in need of more from our OC. 2020 retirement rights. I've changed my mind on this overnight. Continuity would be good. I want to see more, more creativity, more vertical passing, more effective screens, more touchdowns versus field goals. But I'm not so sure changing OCs again is the way to go. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it on there. Those were some very good responses. Either way, on both sides of the aisle, people loving Brian Dable and people, you know, really hoping that he leaves, and then other people that were just like, meh, eh, it is what it is. I didn't care either way. 50-50. Okay, I want to take this time to announce that we do have a winner for the Bruce Smith signed football giveaway that we had last podcast. Darren emailed me this week at ctwpod at gmail.com to let us know that he won. So thank you, Darren, for getting back to us, and thanks for listening, and... Thanks for not living in another country like Brett did that won the signed Tremaine Edmonds jersey. So, um, won't have to ship that internationally. So, appreciate that, Darren. Um, just kidding, Brett. Um, your jersey's in the mail. So, I want to also thank uh, Del Lago Casino and Resort for being such so nice to us and to give us these signed footballs for giveaways on the podcast. And our next giveaway is for a Donovan McNabb autographed football. So, McNabb, who has been making some headlines, in his interview with Bleacher Report on uh, Terrell Owens and his comments on their friendship, or or lack thereof, um, pretty interesting stuff. So he's in the news recently, and uh, not a Bills player, but still, I mean, a cool football player um, that uh, that we're going to give away a signed football for. So the winner this week for the Donovan McNabb signed football is at r Sato 8, Ryan Sato. So at r Sato 8, Ryan Sato, you are the winner of this Donovan McNabb signed football so as always um if you're interested in winning some cool bill stuff um usually bill stuff this time it's not but whatever it's still cool <laughs> just leave us uh, a review in apple podcast and you'll be included in every giveaway that we do from now until um forever i guess so uh leave us a review and mention us somewhere in the review and you're automatically in it's literally that simple you also have to listen to each podcast because we will be doing giveaways in the off season and you don't want to miss them because um several people have missed them and uh you know, you feel kind of bad for them. There's a signed John Brown jersey, Tremaine Edmonds jersey. I mean, these, you know, there's some cool things. You know, the Bruce Smith signed football went through about two or three different people before someone finally claimed it. And Darren did it on a Saturday. So just get to me before we record our next podcast, Ryan, and uh, and you're in. We'll be sending it to you. So I um, also want to do a quick plug for our T Public site. If you're interested, uh, we're doing a 35% off sale at our site for uh, th- a lot of cool. Bill's uh, designs on t-shirts, mugs, wall art, whatever you want to put these designs on um, there. You can't find them anywhere else on the internet. Legitimately, I know that because we created them. Um, you can go to tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. We just had 35% off sale, like I mentioned. And uh, you can get our uh, very popular uh, Josh Allen hurling the haters t-shirt he's basically a uh, literally uh, a picture of him jumping over the haters like he like that uh very famous gif or video or clip of him jumping over anthony Barr. it's basically just over a uh, a graphic that says haters and uh you know each year each game continues to prove the haters wrong and we continue to uh look forward to see some more success from him we also have a sean mcdermott trust a process shirt and we have literally like 20 other unique bills designs that we're currently you know we're putting out more obviously you know our circling the wagons podcast logo which is pretty kick-ass and just circle the wagons in general we're having you know we have three or four of those logos we're putting out more this week and the next week too so check it out whenever you hear this that site again is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod the ctw pod is just like our twitter handle like circling the wagons pod all right cool well thank you guys so much for sticking with us for this You know, two-part episode of Brian Dable. Our thoughts on him, some statistics on him, some rankings on him, his history, and everything like that. Um, Really hoping that he is truly the answer, and that you know Josh Allen loves him because he's that good of a coach, and they have that close of a a relationship, and he can get the most out of him. So let's hope that you know he learns some of the things that we weren't happy with him, like you know, like you know, screen passes and draw plays, you know, all that stuff, and uh, really takes advantage of of his full offense, and that they. That the Bills' front office really gives him more weapons and receivers and tight end, they give Josh more pieces on the offensive line to really give him more time while passing the ball, and hopefully Josh Allen gets uh, a little bit quicker at making decisions so that the offensive line doesn't need to hold up as o- as often. So um, I think we're in a good spot. I'm excited to see what this what this team brings next next season. So I think with in saying that, we'll talk after the Super Bowl. So
1: for John.
3: Let's go Bills. Next year's the year. Brian Dable. Go Bills. Hey, hey.
1: For Mike. That was awesome, John.
3: My sentiments exactly.
1: Go Bills.
2: For me, Nate, go Bills. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hope the offense continues to improve and get better. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.